It's time for the car doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, 100.3 FM, or you might be listening at WROLradio.com, any number of places to hear us. And remember, you can always find previous programs on the podcast channel, which is johnfpaul.podbean.com, or you can go to iTunes or any one of those other kind of places to find us. Not a great Saturday morning here in Boston. It is uh, rainy and warm. Uh, left the house today and it felt kind of nice. It had a little bit of a spring feel in the air. It was uh, starting to see the buds starting to show up on the trees, so that was kind of a nice thing. Uh, coming up on today's program, two things. Uh, I was at the New York Auto Show uh, on Wednesday, and I had a chance to sit down with uh, Carl Widman. He is the chief engineer for Ford Performance and the Mustang. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk to Carl about what was going on with the all new Ford Mustang, and it was National Mustang Day, and uh, we talked to uh, we talked to uh, uh, Carl about that. We also did a little video with our with our Facebook friends, with, a, with AAA's uh, Facebook page. So we did that as well, live from the auto show. And uh, it was uh, myself, Robert Sinclair, and Eddie Welsh. Uh, Eddie is, uh, remember we did uh, Ed's show? He was in, uh, he does a radio show in Upper State New York, up in Utica, and I we did them together, and it was a little, it was a little confusing, but it seemed to work out pretty well. It was different. Yeah, we might it do it again someday. Different. Hey, that was fun. Yeah, I'd yeah, I, I, yeah. I do that. Yeah, and, you know, what we need to figure out, and maybe we can do it electronically, is we can both take calls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Be, be a little adventurous. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the and uh, coming up now, we have Rob Infantino. He is uh, the CEO of Open Bay. Open Bay. Uh, reminds me a lot of Open Table. Rob, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Yeah, it's glad to ha- I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I know it's early; it's Saturday. I understand. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, Rob. Well, uh, you know the 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 name of your your company, Open Bay, sort of reminds me a little bit of Open Table. The the genesis of the name Open Bay actually derived from Open Table. I was sitting at a at a um, investor conference, and there was like a CFO of Open Table talking about his marketplace, and I was trying to think of a name for my company, and and actually, actually that's how it came about. And uh, let's let's explain what your company is, and and a little bit about how how you got to it. Yeah, I, you know, a number of years ago, I'm actually pretty um, have a fair amount of experience with with cars and. I went in for a simple wheel alignment at a local dealership in Boston, and that simple wheel alignment turned out to be $4,000 in repairs that they wanted to perform on my vehicle. And I just said, give me my keys back. There's got to be a better way of doing this. And 
you know, I feel like I was getting taken advantage of by this particular dealership. And I thought, well, maybe other people have the same problem and did a bunch of research and found out that, you know, not only, you know, my generation, which is an older generation, you know, that have the fear of getting their car repaired. I thought, you know, there's younger generations today that may have the same problem. And so it actually, the, the, the challenge of getting your car repaired spans across multiple customer segments. And I thought, well, maybe I can come up with a company that can solve this problem or remove a lot of friction from getting uh, one's car repaired. And what was your background before you started the company? Well, OpenBay is the fourth company I've started. So the other three were all enterprise software companies. And my last company I started was acquired by EMC, which is a data storage company here in yep. Massachusetts. So I've had experience starting companies. So this was this would made this would uh, what made starting OpenBay pretty easy for me. Uh, I knew exactly what needed to be done. And the most important thing about starting a company is really understanding product market fit, meaning that you really need to develop your product or service that actually, you know, keys on a specific need of a customer segment. And, you know, I built a prototype, shopped it around to a number of shops and, and customers and got thumbs up across the board. Like there was definitely a need in the market for this type of product or service. So just went ahead and started, started the company. And it was, um, now you're you're a local guy, you're a local Massachusetts guy, uh, but your company is uh, uh, nationwide, right? It is. Uh, it you know it, it is a nationwide company. We're all in the major metros, and essentially what Open Bay is, it's, it allows consumers that have an immediate need for automotive repair to connect with local businesses that perform those services. So if you have need for brakes, tires, anything mechanical, mm -hmm. uh, you go on to openbay.com and you put in your request. And even if you're not proficient with automotive, um, uh, the mechanics behind it, uh, the way a car works, you could say, I have a problem or my check engine lights on and we'll connect you with, um, shops that are local to you. Our goal is to get you connected with a shop within five miles of your location. And we'll generate, you know, anywhere from five to six service quotes. So we'll deliver those to you. And you make your decision based on price, location, ratings, and reviews. And essentially, you select the provider and you book your appointment. It's within a few taps, and and you're done. Um, it's pretty simple. And uh, and uh, as far as uh, funding the company, that's always tricky. But uh, you had some help with uh, Google Ventures and Shell, right? Yes, uh, I I originally funded the company for the first two years on my own, and then God bless you. Some <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, God bless you. Uh, you know, when anybody refinances their house or whatever their 401k or whatever the case is to start their own business, I always give them the most amount of credit. Yeah. I mean, you hear stories of, of entrepreneurs starting companies with credit cards and, you know, my, I took my hat to those individuals. Um, and then I, yes, I did receive some funding from Google Ventures and Andreessen Horowitz on the West Coast and, and a few very wealthy individuals in Boston. And uh, and then yes, I just recently closed an eight million dollar round led by uh, Shell Ventures, and um, the company's growing and we're doing really well. So uh, take us through kind of the the consumer experience with this. Uh, Dennis Dennis needs an oil change and he hit a pothole this morning on the way on the way to work with his uh, with his. Uh, uh, Whatever that is, whatever you drive, Nissan, Nissan Rogue. Rogue, Nissan Rogue. The <laughs> just just to point out the Star Wars edition Nissan Rogue, but uh, <laughs> well, 
you can you can either download our app, either Android or iOS, or you could just go to openbay.com and plug in your zip code so we know where you're located, and then go through the process. We'll ask you for your year, make, and model of your vehicle, uh, and then and then we ask you to describe the service. Some of you can actually search for a service. We have thousands of services you can search from, or you can type in the problem you're having. And then as soon as you type that in, uh, we will generate, like within seconds, you'll get parts, labor, and taxes quotes delivered right to your either the mobile app or to your web app dashboard. And literally, um, you can select the provider. Typically, 70% of the transactions that occur on our platform are made based on convenience. People don't generally like to travel far. Mm-hmm. And you select the provider, um, again, that best meets your needs. Uh, We ask you for a credit card to secure um, your appointment, just like as if you were booking a hotel room. Yep. And you show up and get your car serviced, and you don't have to hand the the, the person at the front counter uh, your credit card, and you leave. And we uh, essentially debit your credit card the, the invoice amount. Um, and we maintain the history of all your services on the on the um, platform, and we don't charge the consumer anything. It's a free service to the consumer. So this is great for households with multiple vehicles because you could actually see what was done and when and um, uh, and the cost. So you have a, a, a running record of all the services, and then when you sell your car, you can have all those records exported. So it's in a little way it's a little like uber and lyft that once you have your credit card embedded in their app there's no money exchange between you and the uber or lyft driver that's correct yeah so it's, it's seamless yeah. and what what we what's fascinating is the average age car on our platform is roughly 10 years old and so people are holding on to their vehicles a lot longer and the average age on our platform is is 24 to 34 years old. So we're getting a lot of younger mm-hmm. drivers that generally don't like to talk to anybody. So, so to your point, if you know, we're people that love ordering a vehicle, uh, ordering a ride on, on their mobile app or buying products or ordering movie tickets or booking a hair appointment. I mean, these are the customers that are using our platform is they, these are millennials, generation Z's or generation Y's. And they generally don't like speaking to anyone. They want to do everything on their mobile phone. So we're perfect for that that customer segment. Now, when Dennis brings his car in for an oil change, while it's there, the the technician in the shop comes out and goes, you know, uh, the air filter is really pretty dirty, and the cabin filter looks like it's been in there since you've owned it. Wouldn't be a bad idea to replace those, and he gets a price on that. Does the same thing, is that a separate transaction or still one that uh, takes place on the app? Everything takes place on the platform. You have the option to deny those services or you can add them. And mm-hmm. then the original quote that you agreed to gets modified. But you get notified by electronic uh, means. So in, other words, in other words, you get a notification saying that your quote was modified. And you can either agree to, agree to it or, or, or not. So everything is there's digital uh, signatures everywhere. For the repair shop, uh, besides having you – know, besides doing what it sounds like, filling an open bay for them. Um, are Is there technology in place that they can sort of see how they're doing? And is there also any kind of a rating system in place that uh, that that consumers can rate the shop? Yeah, that was a good question. So we formed relationships with State Farm uh, Insurance, which is the top insurance company in the, in the U.S., and Allstate and, and Liberty Mutual. So they have very high standards in mm-hmm. terms of, um, when they um, promote our service to their, their 
or most policyholders. So we do net promoter scores on every single service. So every single consumer that gets service on our platform fills out a net promoter score survey, which rates the shop. And you need to maintain a certain level of, of ratings on our platform mm-hmm. to stay on our platform. Just like Uber and Lyft, you know, where they rate drivers, right. we have the same rating system. And, and once your rating below, drops below or we have some negative reviews, you essentially get warned to improve um, your service on our platform. And if you don't, you know, we essentially um, freeze your account. So we, we keep a, a diligent watch on who is participating on our mm-hmm. platform because we want to deliver a great service to our customers. Now, does the shop have sort of a open bay portal, I guess, in their shop so they know what's going on, so they know the customer's coming in? Yes. Not only do they have a portal, but they have their own mobile app that we built. And, it's again, it's available on Android and iOS. So they get notified in real time when appointments are booked or when, when, shop, when consumers want to communicate with them. And then we just announced uh, an artificial intelligence product um, just recently for their website so that, again, customers love to message real-time uh, with shop websites. So we, we built this product called Otis, Open Bay Otis. Uh, it's a unisex name. And Otis can actually understand human language and respond in human language. And this allows shops to interact with consumers 24 hours a day seven days a week and without any resources required. And we released this product. We actually announced it on Tuesday of last week, but we have close to 200 shops using it. And uh, the performance has been outstanding. Um, Shops have never seen anything like this before. We've had some shops booking over 90 appointments in a single month with using this product. So, So not only do we provide a marketplace for consumers, but we also provide online digital tools for, our, for our, our shops. So Open Bay Otis even understands Boston accents? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we've been accused of talking kind of funny. So, uh, um, And again, if for a consumer, there, there, is, there is no charge to the consumer. It doesn't change. And, and can, can, you know, being a frugal Bostonian sometimes, can I shop around? Yeah, I, I think the, the the nature of the marketplace uh, means that you're getting competitive, you're getting multiple competitive quotes. So you'll actually see the high price and the low price. You know, mm-hmm. you'll get, again, anywhere from six to seven or maybe ten service quotes. And mm-hmm. you can see, you know, it might be, you know, a one and a half X to two X differential from high to low. Mm-hmm. And, if, you know, if you have, you know, if you're economically challenged or you're on a tight budget, you know, you might want to travel another mile or two or three to get a lower price. And that's great. And you're getting a decent, so you're getting the same service. Every quote that is generated on a platform is generated by Open Bay, not the shop. We, hmm. we, take in, we take in their margins and their labor rates, and we, we want to make sure that we deliver um, an apples-to-apples comparison across all the service quotes. That, so every quote has the same parts, the same uh, hourly uh, time frame to do the repair. What is different is the price for parts and the price for labor. And taxes are taxes, of course. But um, so you, you can again, you can you're getting that same service across all those service quotes. And how you you mentioned parts? Now um, there can be a there can be a difference in part quality, um, whether it's someone buys. I mean, there is certainly good, better, best parts. How how is there some recognition of that, or how does that work? 
Yeah, so you have the option when you generate a service request to request um, OE parts or original, original okay. equipment parts or, or aftermarket. And what we found is that owners of Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Audi, all the top-end vehicles, they generally, or Porsche, they generally pick OE parts. So they're getting genuine uh, OE parts for that service. And then customers who um, prefer aftermarket parts, we ask the question that mm-hmm. they're getting, you know, they're getting uh, aftermarket parts, but we generally, when we set up an account on a for a shop, we generally want to be a high end of that scale, good, better, best. So the high end of the scale in terms of quality parts, because you don't want to put um, you know poor quality parts in the vehicle because the customer will, will be back within a month or two complaining that their brakes squeak or or something's not operating properly. Mm. Uh, and speaking of customers coming back, is there a um implied warranty of any sort that comes with having a relationship with open bay yeah well there's two things one is you get the shop warranty um mm-hmm. that comes and, and it varies you know sometimes there's 30 days or six months or 12 months for parts mm-hmm. and labor but we also provide uh, a guarantee on our platform that you're going to be satisfied with your service and if you're not we generally get in the middle and we try and resolve it and in some cases you know we've had uh, cases where we'll pay for the service uh, if the customer is not completely satisfied and the shop owner feels that they weren't at fault. And a couple of examples would be a, a point you just made earlier in the conversation where, you know, the, the cabin air filter was dirty or the air filter, the engine air filter was dirty and the shop owner put in a new filter and the customer didn't ask for it. He just did it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're like, you know what, we'll, we'll just pay for it. And and we've had those off from time to time. And, and that's that's just nothing that, you know, it's, it's easier for us just to pay for those services. Uh, and this way the customer's happy because they got new parts and the shop owner's happy because he didn't lose any money. So in, in those cases, we, we just take care of it. Um, yeah. But in, in, in larger cases, we generally get involved and make sure that both parties are, are happy with the service. It sounds like it makes sense. And how, uh, when, when Dennis goes online and tries to get his oil change in his, in his wheel alignment, um, how, when he sets it up, how quick does he get a, you said with in minutes, but as far as, uh, the shop is there, is, is he going to get an appointment that day, the next day, or is it just based on how busy they are or how busy the, the, the world is so at that time? We've, we've, um, we've generated millions of service quotes on our platform. So we can, all of these quotes are generated automatically. So he should, so Dennis should get, uh, a, quotes within seconds of his yep. request and depending upon the shop some of our shops take instant booking uh, but sometimes there's a delay like right. for example if you book your appointment now and you want to come in, in the next hour uh depending upon their reaction because <clears throat> um, some of them have delays of like four hours or six hours or 24 hours but some shops will take customers right away mm-hmm. and that's the, the great great feature of having that app on their in, in their on their mobile phone where they can actually confirm an appointment if you need to book it right away or you can message the shop say will you take me today so those those um, features are built into the application where you know we can either take an appointment right away or or delay it by 24 hours. Most most of the transactions on our platform are uh, they're booked um, uh, on a day and then within three or four days they get their service. So mm-hmm. typically that's what we see on our platform. So people will book an appointment on Monday and they'll show up and get their car serviced on that Thursday. Meaning when I say book, they'll 
they'll confirm that they they're going to get a service, but they'll book it three days out in advance or four days out in advance. Well, that 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 makes perfect sense, especially with if it's a a specialized repair or a shop that maybe only works on one kind of car and they have, and they have a, they have a real following. I suppose, I suppose that makes, that makes a fair amount of sense. I, I guess if you had, I have a, a coworker who has a, uh, I think it's a, it's almost 20 years old now, a Porsche, and he's always concerned about his IMS bearing failing. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's a fairly extensive job and it isn't going to be something that there's going to be a, trained Porsche technician sitting around with his arms folded just waiting for waiting for a customer to come in. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the platform. We'll match you with shops that have those services. Like I, I drive an old BMW, and I want to make sure that I have a, a BMW tech work on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. No, it makes it makes it makes perfect sense. Uh, well, it it sounds it sounds like a it sounds like a really interesting company, and it sounds like it was. Uh, built out of like a lot of things, great ideas, maybe a little bit of frustration, and uh, and some and some good thoughts. It, yeah, I, I think I think the you know the, our biggest challenge is really nobody knows about us. Um, we you know we have a great service, but you know we've we you know the the capital that we just raised will be used for you know creating awareness for our company and uh, and the platform's working beautifully right now. So we're we're in a good spot. And and all of a sudden it seems. Uh, it it's it seems as if uh, Boston is it's you know you have your company you have car gurus you have IC cars all of a sudden there's this little tech car community that's building up in the Boston area. Yeah, car gurus. Um, I actually met Langley right before I started Open Bay. Langley's the founder of Car Gurus, and uh, I met with him in a little Victorian in Harvard Square, and he's actually he's right across the. the the canal from me in, in Cambridge. I mean, he's just he's just hit the ball out of the park. Um, you know, my hats are off to him and his entire team. He's done a great job with that company. Well, I believe he came from TripAdvisor, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but he, but he, he, started, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah he, he did pretty well with that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. hey, Rob, well. Rob, thanks for taking some time time out of your Saturday and joining us uh, on the Car Doctor program. And uh, I'll give you a call later this week. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Rob Infantino. He is the CEO of uh, Open Bay. Sounds like a really interesting concept. Um, I heard about it a couple years ago and didn't didn't follow through too much on it. And he, sh- uh, he shot me an email about uh, wanted to uh, talk about uh, some stuff on Boston.com. So there you go. Wanted to talk to him, see what it was all about. Hmm. Gets me thinking. But one of the things I'm thinking about is taking a break. Why don't we do that? Our phone lines are open at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
music. Do you have any idea? Computers, can't the pick computers. The music. I like. I mean, there's stuff I've never heard of before. Somebody's going to be. I, I. It's it's whatever's loaded into the system. Yeah. And I um, you're the one who was before me. I can't remember his name now. Jeff. Jeff. He set this up, and it just randomly. It's well, like a shuffle mode. Thanks, the, Jeff. Wherever you are. I appreciate it. Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's talk to Paul. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John Paul. I'm interested in uh, you know, interested in reading your Facebook pages while you were at the uh, New York Auto Show. And uh, actually, I think it was uh, Kelly Ripper's program. Uh, they they show some of the cars from the auto show because they're in New York. Um, some interesting things coming mm-hmm. down. The uh, uh, my call today is perhaps you can do a program sometime in the future with. Uh, um, the easy pass people, or as I'm beginning to call it, the not so easy pass people. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you had anybody uh, uh, on and recently from from the no, easy pass no, system? No, I ha- I haven't, and <clears throat> uh, and I will let you know. I was a uh, I was a slow adopter of easy pass. Uh, finally, I think about a year or so ago, I finally went into. The AAA office over here in Quincy and said, "You know what? I probably ought to sign up for Easy Pass." As they went to yeah. cash, as they went to cashless tolls, and there's there's been a bunch of interesting problems. Um, I read recently about a woman who was shipping her car to Florida. She had her Easy Pass in her car, and she got tagged with like tractor trailer uh, uh, toll charges. Um, they they interpreted the Easy Pass as being on a tractor trailer, and charged her for that. I was talking to somebody else uh, from New York who had a Easy Pass in their car, and Easy Pass New York sent them a bill for some high amount, and they showed up and they did it by the plate, not by the Easy Pass itself, but they did it by the plate and it was the same plate number as the person on this car except it was a commercial plate and it was on a dump truck and it was on a dump truck that apparently was going back and forth in the same spot in new york uh dumping gravel so it was it was about 20 trips and it was uh, it was a couple hundred bucks and 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 when the guy called easy pass he said you know i understand that my plate looks like this plate but that's a commercial plate and it says commercial, and I drive a Chevy. And they said, "Well, oh, well, it's really you, you're going to have to work that out." So we well, we ended up we ended up calling uh, uh, one of my New York uh, coworkers ended up calling Easy Pass in New York, and they straightened it out. But um, but yeah, it's not sometimes it's not so easy. You're right. Well, I, matter of fact, I have a hundred thirty-two dollars and I think fifteen cent charge from driving uh, on the thirteenth of uh, April last Saturday to Schenectady, New York. Wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, and they took a picture of my plate, allegedly. Now, I guess, I live in Branch, I guess someone stole my car overnight, went to Schenectady, came back, and parked it in the very same spot without ever using any, maybe they filled the gas tank. Because, they they could have, because, you know, if they're going to be car thieves, then they, they should be polite. They were, exactly. Uh, so, they, they again, uh, the people at Easy Pass and Auburn and I spoke to a second person I talked to was very nice. 
uh, they have to check with the New York office. They said they took a picture, and, and I have a, a five-number plate, which is a little distinctive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to ask whether it's a commercial plate or, or something else. Uh, but I I had to look up on the map, map to see where Schenectady was, as a matter of fact. Uh, the uh, And the other thing that concerned me... Um, I was I was given a loan a car. I mine was recalled, and I mm-hmm. think you knew that. And um, uh, I took the Easy Pass off my car, put it on the loan a car, uh, and I only made one trip. I had to go out to the airport to pick some mm-hmm. pick some people up, and that was in December. Uh, that was okay. I took the Easy Pass off the car in February when I got my own car back. Put it on my car. No one ever tells you that you have to call Easy Pass. And tell them, oh no no no, uh, that was a loaner. I'm no, I no longer have that. You would think that the system would follow where the Easy Pass, um, whatever it is, box yeah, yeah. Uh, is, uh, but apparently it doesn't. So I've also been charged for uh, a couple of trips through uh, the tunnels in in Boston with the Mazda three that I the, that yeah. was on April fourth yeah. and April fifth, mm. and. Actually, I called the dealership, gave them the number, and they said, that's not even our car. So, um, um, and now the latest, I, my, my account was just debited for $20 from Easy Pass this morning, and uh, I have to wait till Monday to find out what that's all about. So, um, it it's a system that's, uh, it, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's a system not ready for prime time at this point. I think it, there's it, a lot it, of yeah, problems. It, yeah, and I didn't understand. I foolishly assumed that. I could take the Easy Pass and put it in a press car that I was driving, a road test car, and stick it in the window, and the machine would recognize the Easy Pass and wouldn't care what the plate was. Yeah. Well, a 50-50 shot of that. Um, yeah. you, you know, Easy Pass says, well, no, you have to register the plate to the Easy Pass account. And I said, well, you, you know, I kind of do that fairly regularly. And they said, well, you have to go in and add cars, subtract cars, add cars, subtract cars. I'm like, well, what's the whole point then of having the electronic technology that ties it back to the plate? And they, and they, and they said, well, sometimes the electronics don't always work right, so we have to go off the plate. And when we read the plate, it, it, the plate connects to your account, and that's how we know. And, and I'm like, I just and – it, and it even gets worse sometimes with, with rental cars. And, of course – I, I was it was kind of funny. I was at I was at something yesterday or two days ago in Cambridge, and there was a woman from the Route 95 Coalition, and she was talking about how uh, now Easy Pass uh, they were trying to they were trying to come up with rulemaking for autonomous vehicles. How you know you you like your driver's license is good in Massachusetts and it's good in Georgia. So if you have mm-hmm. a self-driving car, it should follow the same rules in Massachusetts as it does in Tennessee. Well, that's not the case, and they said, well, um, you know, uh, the the win for them was, you know, Easy Pass now works, you know, up and down Route 95. And I, and I said to her, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, that's not actually true. Uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I, I said it works on some, I, I think it works on Florida Turnpike roads only, or it doesn't work on Florida Turnpike roads. So if you're going east and west in Florida, Easy Pass might work, but if you're going north and south, it doesn't work, or just the opposite. And I said, so there isn't this seamless integration of the technology yet. And, uh, uh, yeah, there's. I, I guess it's better than having us come to a stop and 
you know, and hands a toll attendant a dollar or two dollars or three dollars, but it still needs some work. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, basically, my my account was hacked. I mean, that's that's yeah, from I mean, my standpoint. Right. That's what I think happened. And um, you know, I mean, the the, the people in Auburn were, were very nice, um, but it sounds like a Globe Spotlight team needs to get on this thing to yeah. to shake them up. Um, I don't know who the people are behind Easy Pass. Whether they were. Yeah. Some some developers and um, yeah years ago is it years, a private company? Uh, yes, years ago okay. I actually met with the folks who were developing it, and this had to be twenty five or thirty years ago. Yeah, and they showed what you know what looks the big the bigger style Easy Pass, and it actually had a red and a green light on it. So when you drove through the toll booth, it would actually flash green, so you know it actually read it. And uh, their thought back then, the Easy Pass was going to work in parking garages. So if you went to park in downtown Boston, you could you could uh, go into a parking garage, and it would uh, just debit your account, so you didn't have to worry about money in a parking garage. That you, you know, and they had dreams of. Uh, you know, go to the Dunkin' Donuts, and it would do the same thing. You know, as you drove through the drive-through and picked up your coffee and donuts, the money would come out of your Easy Pass account. Sounded like a good idea. the the other The other part of it was, and kind of the dirty little Easy Pass secret is, when you signed up for Easy Pass, you signed up for a discount. Um, the toll, yeah. oh boy, that got Dennis's attention. The toll, say it's a three dollar toll. When you pay electronically, you're supposed to be getting a discount. Because they get the you know, because they get your money. Um, well, that is true. When you go through a toll in Massachusetts, that is true. When you go through a toll in New York, there's no discount. When you go through a toll in D.C., there's no discount. Um, so even though you're using your Easy Pass, and part of the part of the rulemaking in Easy Pass was you would get a discount because you're you're using the tolling system electronically. Um, it's only in your native state, not in other states. So um, the only state that doesn't do that actually is Virginia. You pay the same rate whether it's electronic, whether you live in Virginia or, or you don't, whether it's electronic or you don't, it's all the same rates. So um, so they, Easy Pass has been around for so long they forgot their own rules. Yeah, how much of that money goes back to the state? Do, do the Easy Pass yeah. people take a cut out of uh, the uh, I, I toll think, fee? I would, th- I would think they have to. I would yeah. think they have to. I yeah. mean, I think so. I mean, yeah. I'm, if this isn't resolved by next week, it's it's a it's a, a, a drop a dime to the uh, um, the Globe and uh, maybe Channel Four's I team, one of the or both yeah. Yeah. at this point. I mean, I think it needs some light because the system, um, from what you just outlined has a whole series of problems um, on the on the other hand on the other hand it works seamlessly probably 95% of the time and mm-hmm. it has a whole bunch of convenience and yeah but there is when it goes when it goes bad it goes it goes bad rather you know rather in a big way like i said the woman with the car on the transport truck that uh, got pinged on every toll from here to Florida or Florida to here, as a tra- not even as her car, as a tractor trailer. So I mean, yeah. And the first call that I made when it said I went from here to Schenectady or from Canaan, wherever that is, I thought that was in in Connecticut, but yeah. apparently there's one in, in New York. And and uh, you know, the woman thought I was lying. Hmm. You know? uh, that's always a good start. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, they, uh, anyway, they, they were um, they were New Yorkers. You know. Yeah, hey, well, yeah. that's okay. Well, thank you, Randy. Okay. Um, all right. I will follow up on all it. Right. Thank you for all the information. All right. Good.
Good luck with it. Have a good, good all holiday. Right. Good Easter. All right. Bye take bye. you as well. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030. Yes. Well, I've, A, I've never had a problem with um, Easy Pass. Um, it's been fantastic. I don't, for I me. don't look at my account that often. I, I don't. I just yeah. realized I didn't look at my account that often because I, I'm like, oh, while we're talking about and, this, I should and, bring this up. And, and I, don't, I don't remember my password. I do remember my password, and I just logged in. I'm like, oh, crap! I did not remove my old Fusion and add my Nissan Rogue. Oh. However, I've been going on toll roads because yep. I went all the way down to Hilton Head yep. in the first year I had the Rogue, hmm. and I've been on the Pike a couple times, and I just did a New York trip. Mm-hmm. It hasn't seemed to affect it anything. No, but it, I am changing when, that right when, now. <laughs> when the when the to, when the transponder reads correctly, it doesn't need the plate. It's when the transponder. So in theory, you don't have to go in and register your car. Correct. But you should because especially if your plate has disappeared. If you're you know you you bought a new car and you said hey, I'm going to get a new plate. Well, your plate could essentially be recycled at some mm-hmm. point. The number could be recycled. So, yeah, that could possibly come up. So, so my 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 mistrust comes from, and I saw this was it in Connecticut or Conspiracy Rhode Island theorist or Rhode Island, one of the two states. Um, there's certain tolls now for just trucks. trucks. Yeah, Rhode Island. And does that work? Like, how am I? Like, how does it know? I don't know. I don't know how it knows. But yeah, the. Uh, the uh, truck tolling, uh, Rhode Island went with truck tolling, and kind of a decent theory. They said we're going to put tolls on, um, you know, high speed tolls on Route 95 and a couple other roads, I think, because trucks do the most damage to roads. So why don't we have them pay the toll? And they don't live in the state. And they don't so live they in the state. Typically... Although it was sort of funny, and this is one of being a frugal New Englander, one of my favorite stores, Ocean State Job Lot. And the guy who runs Ocean State Job Lot said, if that's the case, I'm going to move my company. And all his trucks are registered in Maine. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Because you can get lifetime trailer mm-hmm. registration that's in Maine. Right. So, anyway, let's talk to John in Boston. John, good morning. Hello? John? John? Seven second delay. We'll try it again. John, good morning. Hello. John's definitely there. Well, he's not he's, he's not, not right there. now. All right. Well, John, call back. Yep. Well, in the meantime, don't call back yet, John. In the meantime, I and this is a recording, this is nothing. I'm not trying to play any games here. Uh, but I had the opportunity to spend a few minutes with Kyle Widman. He is the chief engineer of Ford Performance and Mustang. And my question to Kyle is, what is going on here today? We're in New York uh, at the 55th anniversary of the reveal of the Mustang. So in 1964, it was at the World's Fair here in Queens. Yep. Uh, And uh, we're back again uh, on National Mustang Day, uh, which we always do something special. Last year, I was on the mall. We uh, revealed... um, the original movie car from Bullet. Okay. And this year is a pleasure to be here to celebrate a five-year anniversary in the 55th with the introduction of the 2-3 high performance behind us. And uh, just do it in New York. Just seems like the place to do it. Seems like the place to do it. Now, you know, some people might go, hey, Mustang should be V8s. 2-3 high performance. Give us a little detail. So the 2-3 high performance it was um, kind of a passion project by yep. the team. 
Uh, from my perspective, why I was such a big proponent of it is when you go to SEMA and you see that we've got a quarter million EcoBoosts out there and just a general desire for people to customize yep. their EcoBoosts. So we really believe there was a way to make a performance pack, a high performance pack is kind of how yep. it came with its name because that's what we called it as we went along with the project. And what we were trying to do is figure out the pieces to make that the most fun to drive, the most powerful uh, four-cylinder Mustang we've ever done. And it kind of came together about a year ago when we were uh, standing around after doing a bullet drive. Uh, we always do a sign-off drive. And we had um, a 2-3 development car that was kind of our uh, idea car that um, Team Mustangs yep. always got a yep. couple of guys yep. who were like, well, if we do this, we can do this. We can move the car this way. And we'd always love the fact you have a really light front end on the EcoBoost, and we, that is different than the V8. And then how can you take that light front end and make a car that you can throw around? And Pirelli gave us a Corsa 4 tire, yep. uh, which had a tremendous amount of grip. And so we were able to use that Magnaride to get a vehicle that we could um, really have a capable cornering patch. Yep. And then, because I'm responsible for Ford Performance and, and Mustang, it was that great synergy of a Ford Performance powertrain that I had to use Focus RS. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we did a transplant uh, from one engine of a front-wheel drive okay. engine. Yep into a rear drive Mustang. So we took what was our chassis development yep. car and we shoved an engine into it, uh, got forward performance calibration to put a hot cal in it um, and drove that and it just bring it to life. The key of why it brings it to life is because we take 90% of peak horsepower to redline. Oh, all right. And so the horsepower's up uh, by, to 330 at peak, but peaks moved out to 6,000 RPM. And so you can imagine these two lines now divide at 3,000 RPM. And so it's area under the curve that matters, not the peak. Yeah. Because uh, as we pair it with an automatic transmission, we can change the shift points from 400 to 600 RPM depending okay. on the shift yep. because we have the power up. And so that's why 2.3 High Performance has faster 0 to 60 on an automatic because the shift points are moved yep. out because we still have power, right? And uh, as you drive it in the manual, uh, it gives you that giddy sense of fun that you have just power all the way through so you can shift at red line or just before oh, right. red line yep. and that's always a hell of a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. And so the combination of the chassis with that engine really brought together what what is our core mantras on Mustang is you know fun to drive. Yeah. And so coupling it with the EcoBoost was always something we wanted to do because again half our vehicles are EcoBoost. Um, and so it gives a much more uh, approachable price point yeah. as a feature car, special yeah. edition. Um, so they'll be chassis identified. Uh, so as a special edition, it's got you know grills on it to give it differentiation, uh, a little bit of badging, but unique chassis setups and unique engine. And so all the brake control logic. So you, you yeah. can also look at it from the perspective it's factory custom full warranty instead yeah. of putting on a kit, right? Yeah. Um, and that gives somebody in that world who's looking for a high-tech motor um, with a lot of capability. Uh, if you think about it, you're well above V8 capability from yeah. anything no, no, really, to... Really, but it's, no matter how you look at it, from the very first Mustang that was introduced to today's Mustang, 
it still looks like a Mustang. Yep. And absolutely. I remember I remember years ago I sat down with how how Tai Tang yeah. and he talked about when he was a kid in Vietnam and seeing a Mustang and he his vision always was to make sure that whenever Mustang developed it people would know they look at it and yep. go that's a Mustang. Yeah. Hey, there's a couple of key themes, right? If you look at it, uh, you look at the uh, the quarter panel as we call it the haunches, it's super critical. Look at the front grills of the back bite. That's yeah. super critical. Um, and then the whole backlight angle. I remember we had a 68 part next to it. It's the identical backlight angle. Okay. <laughs> Fastback. Uh, and so those things are really key. And it's, it's really down to, you know, design, heart-pounding performance, and how pounding performance can be anything from what we have here, which is... Uh, High power four yeah. cylinder to the supercharger that's over there, right? There's, there's, one, over, there's a, one over there that's going to make crazy horsepower, right? Yeah, that one over there is uh, 700 plus horsepower, right? The GT500 also launches in 2020 model year. So you, you just set, you know, it's just it's an awesome time to be yeah. chief engineer yeah. Mustang. Yeah. There's you know, so many different versions of uh, performance applications, still have convertible applications, and then mix and match. So we've made it so the performance pack. Uh, the high performance pack can be ordered on convertible coupe, uh, automatic manual, three different yeah. trim series, right? So we're really giving that choice, which has always been true to Mustang, is 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 having that customization capability. Yeah. And up until Hellcat introduced their 707 horsepower engine, uh, 700 horsepower was in the was in the two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar range. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, 700 horsepower with Mustang is attainable to some people. Right, so the GT500 um, breaks new ground in a bunch of ways. It uh, It's a vehicle that's designed for track performance as well as straight line. And when you get into that amount of horsepower, you really, really we spend a lot of time on aerodynamics. Yep. Uh, and so you look at that car, not only is it beautiful, but it has a whole bunch of aerodynamics work to make sure you can put the power down and have that confidence on the track to really, to deliver in the world of Mustang, what we believe to be a halo product on the, on the sixth gen, yep. right? Is the sixth gen was all about handling capability, right. right? With the suspension architecture. So for the GT500 to be coming in as a halo, it had to be different than we've done before. Yep. It had to be track capable. Yeah. So you couldn't just take a big engine and put it in and say, have a nice day. You wanted to make sure that. Yeah, it, to it, really. To it, really be the halo for the it overall walk, product. It could walk yep. the walk, yeah. Yep. No, fantastic stuff. Thanks for spending a little time. And, and we're back. Just like that. There was no warning. That was a nice edit there, John. <laughs> I told you, it wasn't... I, I, will, I will be completely honest that from time to time, I will record something at home, and I pretend it's live here on Saturday. From time to time. From time to time. Not very often because I'm not home. I, you know, and when people – and every once in a while somebody will kind of say, oh, I have this, you know, what to me sounds like a pretty good interview. And I'm like, uh, well, we have between 11 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm working between 11 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But every once in a while I'll get somebody who says, oh, we, we have interviews starting at 6 a.m. And I will say to the person, we need to pretend it's Saturday morning. And then we put a little beginning, a little end, and it sounds like it's live. Yep. Once in a blue moon. 
In and, the, and for in, the record, I am the, not there for when he records. It's yeah. all on him. It's all so on me. So the production quality of those recordings are all him. And it's really good for the most part. For the most part. You know, every once in a while. It, the only time it changes is when they hang up because I have, you know, most of what I have to do my home recording came from the trash. <laughs> not all of it. But, you know, it's a thing. It's... More, more than people really want to know. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 if you want to call. Uh, phone lines are open. Uh, Dennis, Dennis ran to go check his, his uh, EasyPass account, put his license plate in. Good reminder for everybody, by yeah, the way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Paul, for that, to remind everybody that uh, uh, your EasyPass account can vary. I know, I think I only have... I guess I have both of our cars on my EasyPass account, but honestly, I use it more um, on uh, when I drive a press car, which I did quite a bit this week. So, um, so I, I did. So, six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through, and we will around nine thirty, probably, do some sort of. Uh, well, we're not even going to do trivia. We're just going to do call, and we'll pick a number, and um, you know the the seven thousandth caller. Yeah. Okay. Because we get that many calls a day. Okay. The <laughs> nine and a half callers. Nine and a half. Nine fifty. <laughs> nine ninth caller. Something like that. Something like that. We'll we'll come up with something, and we'll give away another one of. Um, those uh, uh, emergency lighting torch type things. So um, we, you weren't here last week, but we gave we gave one away, and we had the inventor uh, on, nice fellow from Jersey, former Jersey firefighter, and we'll give another one away. So uh, we'll do that. We'll do that in a little bit, and we'll just give it away randomly, and we'll also talk about another device which may become a trivia prize as well, um, called the uh, Smart Chum. But we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But let's talk to John in Boston. Hi, John. Hi there. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Okay. I said Ohio Gazimus, John Stein. And I was going to ask you, what is, you know what that is? No. Ohio Gazimus. No. Good morning, Japan. Oh, okay. Well, you to, uh, yeah. You, you go to Japan, and the people on the street will say, Ohio. I say, I'm not from Ohio. I'm from Massachusetts, they call them. <laughs> but that's what they say. Anyway, I want to ask you about the New York Auto Show. You know, you go to the auto show these days, it's like uh, you know, maybe $25 to leave Boston on the bus, and then $25 back, and $20 to get in, and then a $10 slice of pizza, even to $100. Is there any kind of, like, DVD or something online where I could see the cars? Uh, I think that would be a great idea. A professional photography company goes in, like the travel shows, shows you all the cars, gives a description, and you could buy the DVD or something like that without killing a good day and a half going to New York and well, back. Well, and for people that don't live around New England either, they have to fly in. Yeah, I mean there there are certainly you know if you if you started to if you started to Google uh, NYIAS New York International Auto Show, you will find the auto show actually has a lot of information on their own website, but they they don't put a ton on there because they they really do want you to show up. So, 
Well, you know, how about people that live in California? I doubt they're going to travel to New York. Well, to but, there, but there is, you know, the guys from Car Gurus were there. They were doing a lot of filming. I saw them when I was there. Um, there, there, there's a ton. If you just, if you just. If you just spend a little time on on Google searches, you'll see you'll see quite a bit, uh, as well as uh, you know, I, I, Facebook. If you're one of those kind of people, Facebook has a bunch of people who went to New York. I I took just a couple of pictures when I was there, and you did a live mm-hmm. stream, and I did a live stream from there. So um, there there is there is a little you know there is a lot of information out there. So. Um, so yeah, you can you can you can. Find well, I think it would be great if somebody did the New York Auto Show on a DVD. You didn't have to go; they could see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I have the auto shows. No, Detroit and Los Angeles. You know, you can just buy the DVD or pay for it, and you can see what was there. Pretty much like a travel show on TV, like Rick Steve and you know uh, Joe Rizzuto and Samantha Brown does that. All they go all over, which some of us can't get there. So, you, so you're thinking that should be my next business venture? Is um... I think that's a good business venture for someone to do. Get permission with Jarvis, and the, you know they get a cut, and the uh, you know the man somebody gets a cut, it goes around. But you, you buy it. I wouldn't mind paying twenty five or twenty twenty five dollars for a DVD or something like that. Just sitting in an easy chair and watching it without traveling all that way in two days of traveling. I, I, I I've done it every year. I think it's a great idea. Well, I mean, I'd like to see a Detroit auto show, but I can't always get there. Went there one year. Yeah, I, I know one auto show. Somebody does all the auto shows. Yeah, I well, there, I know there. I know there is company. There are people out there that actually do stuff like that because I know that I watched a half an hour special about the Detroit auto show one year. So I know there, there, it is out there. I think you just have to look for it. I don't know what it is, but I think if you look for it, you'll find it. Well, I hope I'm giving somebody an idea for a business venture. Hey, well, well, you know all the. Uh, Auto shows uh, for those of us that can't get there, or it's a, a real trek to do it again. You know. Yeah. Oh, so, all right. I just thought or, that might be a great until, idea. That uh, until then, until then, you're gonna buy it and see all the cars. Yeah. Until then, you're gonna need to take the bus. Yeah. Well, it's a good hundred dollar day, you know. You figure, but I'm paying twenty five dollars, almost as good. Oh, oh I, I, I stay, I stayed overnight at a, at a hotel called the Yotel, which was uh, the the cheapest place in Manhattan. I well that I would stay in. There was a couple other cheaper places I won't stay in, uh, but it was uh, two hundred ninety-five dollars for the room and eighty-five dollars for tax. <laughs> well, I couldn't even. And think of and, that. <laughs> and 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 seventy dollars to park. So. Maybe we should have the capsule hotel. You know the capsule hotel in Japan. Yeah, well, this is one step it's above like that. Four by four, four by four no, by. This was long this this was this it. this was a yeah. ten by this was a ten by ten room with a folding bed. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah, and and a lot in a lot like a Japanese room because it there was no uh, there was no front desk. You went in and you uh, you went to four, there was four kiosks. You went in, you put in your name, how many nights you were staying there, and your credit card, and it would print you a key. Uh huh. And it would tell you what room you were going to go stay in. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was interesting. All right, John. Well, take care. Well, I wish I could see all the cars without going there. Yeah. You know, well, you're gonna have to go there. Or, or 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 let or let the power of the interweb be your guide. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. John. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's talk to George in Connecticut. George, good morning. Good morning, John Paul. Thank you so much for taking my call. Anytime someone calls from Connecticut, we're going to move you right to the top of the list. I really appreciate that. 
Um, first of all, I'd like to say how much I enjoyed that interview you had about uh, the Mustang. That was that was great, and I, just, I saw it on uh, Facebook Live. Yeah, just the just the idea that. Uh, I guess if you're, you know, when you're in charge of the engineers and you can say, uh, yeah, let's pull that engine out of that Ford RS, that Focus RS that's, that's front-wheel drive, and and stick it in a Mustang that's rear-wheel drive. And, oh, by the way, we need to get it done in a couple of days. Yeah, have I that, mean, that, that yeah. just sounds like. Yeah, that just sounds like something people do in their, uh, used to do in their backyard. I mean, that's what I thought was so cool about it. Yeah, I, I remember there was, there was a um, – there was a show, it was only on for a half a dozen episodes, and it was, I forget the name of it exactly, but it was um, it, it was a show that took place in Cuba, and it was talking about the Cuban car culture. And they had an old car, and I don't remember what it was, we'll say it was a 49 Ford, and they were putting in a, a, a front-wheel drive engine out of a modern GM car into this old Ford, and... You know, and they were, it, it was amazing that they, first off, they could even make it work. And it, when it worked, it worked great. And you look at that kind of stuff, and every once in a while when somebody says to me, I brought my car to a repair shop, and they couldn't fix it because they couldn't find the parts. I'm like, that's, that's you know, here's a place, right. here's a place where they used tools from the 1900s combined with some tools from... Uh, I don't know, a Harbor Freight and an engine out of a, you know, 92 Oldsmobile and put it all together in a 49 Ford and the thing ran down the road great. Don't tell me you can't fix it because you can't find the parts. Right. It's just a lot of times they just don't want to take the time and That's effort right. to do it. That's, That's right. what it is. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, if it's okay, I wanted to ask you a yeah, question. Absolutely. Okay. Now we all know that cars have... Um, you know, newer cars have timing chains instead of timing belts. Now, yes. this is my concern. Before at 80, let's say 100,000 miles, you change the water pump and, and timing belt. Now, my wife has an 08 Toyota Highlander that has a chain. It mm -hmm. has 128,000 miles. Before, it used to be maintenance that you change the water pump, let's say, at 100,000 miles. Now, since we have a chain and we're not doing that, when would you recommend, you know, as a maintenance item, changing that water pump? Good question, because in a lot of cases, the water pump was replaced just because you were there. Um, right. And some shops would, some shops would, in fact, say, you know, I'll, I'm going to replace it because we're there. If it leaks, it's going to leak on the new timing belt. And you're going to end up ruining it, so why don't we put it in? Mm -hmm. Other shops would say, you know, we're going to... Uh, the pump looks good. It's tight. It shows no signs of leakage. There's no movement in the bearing. It spins nice and free. There's no squeaking noise coming from it. Uh, it's working fine. Let's not let's not do anything with it. So, um, kind of as a, if you said to me, I have a car that I want to dependably drive back and forth across the country on a regular basis, and it has a hundred or hundred and fifty thousand miles on it, would changing the water pump be a good idea? Probably. Uh, but on mm -hmm. the other hand, if you can get any indication that something's wrong with it but for the most part i think i would be tempted to just sort of leave it alone okay i don't know that i Love would I, because one of the reasons timing pump, i mean water pumps sometimes failed is because maybe the timing belt tensioner would be putting a lot of extra stress on the pump um mm -hmm. on 
on pumps that just sat there while they were just sitting there. So there was no extra stress other than the belt that drove it. So um, it depends. It depends on the setup. I think with with your Highlander, though, unless you were starting to see or sense there was some sort of a problem, I think I'd just consider it a part that that is going to work until it doesn't. I mean, is it? It's a mechanical part. Eventually, is it going to wear out? Right. Well, just like a starter or an alternator. Um, you know, where your car has a hundred thousand miles on it, should you just put a new alternator in it because? There are people who right. say you should. Um, I, don't, right. I don't know that I totally agree with that. I think my my cheap nature says, well, you, you keep it there until it starts to act up and have a problem. But I suppose for overall dependability, um, you replace it. My concern is sometimes the replacement doesn't go as well as it should. And, you know, sometimes some of these original equipment parts seem to seem to last forever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've seen cars with the original alternator and, and uh, starter for two hundred thousand miles. So that's yeah, a great yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, if it was a, if if you had to disassemble ninety percent of the area around the water pump to do a timing belt, it makes sense to do the water pump because for another you know another fifteen or twenty minutes to unbolt the water pump, scrape the gasket off, put a new gasket, new water pump on, it makes a ton of sense to do it. But if it's mm-hmm. two and a half hours labor to get to it, just to do it for preventative maintenance, I don't think right. I, I don't I don't think I'd be tempted to do it. Another another question, sure. if I can, is also um, related. Um, what about the radiators? I'm always worried the way they're made now because they're made cheaper, just aluminum with plastic end caps. Um, how long have you seen them lasting? It depends on how good you are with coolant flushes. Uh, so mm-hmm. flushing out the coolant on a fairly regular basis helps. The good thing about a radiator, though, it's a little bit more visual to look at. So you can look at the end caps. You can take a little flashlight and look down and see if you see any signs of seepage. You can, you, mm-hmm. When the coolant level is a little bit low, you can look inside the radiator and see if it looks a little gooey inside there. So based on that, um, what usually causes radiators to fail, because you're right, they're aluminum plastic. They don't, they don't corrode like old radiators did. You know, mm-hmm. copper radiators and, uh, wood and brass radiators would fail because of, because of the material. Today's radiators, because they are so lightweight, tend to get more damage from potholes and things like that you they don't they can't stand up to the shock that some of the older stronger radiators did so you hit a series of potholes and next thing you know the end tank is starting to seep from from the core but you can see a little bit of you know goo starting to seep out of the radiator and go you know what it might not be leaking now but i i look down there and it kind of looks you know green and frosty looking yeah, it's probably probably if I'm going to keep this car, I need to think about replacing it. Um, yeah, the old days of the metal fins between the radiators all starting to deteriorate. Um, but how often do you see an antique car with that might have the original radiator in it, and you still see those? So, I would say, yeah. I would say probably the average life of a radiator today that didn't get damaged by abuse. Uh, and by abuse, not anything you did, just the road mm-hmm. um, is probably in the. 10 to 15 year range. Probably. Thank you so much. That all really right. answers all my questions. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, George. Have a nice, uh, have a, and have a nice holiday. You as well. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. I mentioned that uh, 
we may have another prize coming up at some point, but I want to talk about the uh, something I got in the mail the other day, and it's called Jump Smart. And Jump Smart is from a company called Limitless Innovations. What they the ones you took a pill and you got really smart? Sure. Yeah. Was it a movie? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, Limitless Innovations is the name of the company, and the device is called JumpSmart. And it's basically a lithium-ion jumpstart battery pack built in with a flashlight and a power bank. So if your cell phone goes dead, you can plug your cell phone into it, and it'll charge up your cell phone. It's a really bright flashlight that has a couple of different modes in it, so it... It has like an emergency flash kind of thing, a regular flashlight, and it has a um, it has a, a a battery in it that's powerful enough to jumpstart your car. And it's basically a flashlight. It's a pretty hefty looking flashlight. It's probably a couple inches ac across, uh, made out of aluminum, real solid. Um, it has um, what's nice other than jumper cables. Jumper cables, you always first off you need a friend with jumper cables. Or you need to make sure you're parked in such a way that you can jumpstart your car. Well, interestingly, I got this thing in the mail. And one of my coworkers, she was sitting in her car with the key in the on position and reading a book or doing something. And she went to go put her window back up and it wouldn't go up. Because she didn't put the car in accessory. She had it in on. So it killed the battery. And it was a fairly new battery. It was about three years old. So she's like, oh, my car won't start. I'm going to have to call road service. And I said, I just got this thing in the mail. Let's go see if this thing works. So we went out and sure enough, turned her key. Nothing. Not even a click. It was like nothing. So I plugged in the jumper cables to the end of the flashlight. Two little tiny jumper cables. Hooked it up, let it sit there for a minute, and turned the key, fired right up. I'm like, you know, this isn't bad. Now, could you go jump start a tractor trailer with this thing? No, it's not enough for that. Um, they claim it can jump start up to an eight-cylinder, five-liter car with ease, is what they say. Um, I think it all depends on the battery. It's a 35,000-milliwatt uh, uh, lithium battery. Um, and it can, you know, if you're going to jump start, uh, you know, something small... Uh, I like the idea of these lithium jumpstart things if you have a boat. Uh, you know, you hate to be out in a boat and all of a sudden have the battery go dead and you can't start your boat. Uh, so I think that's kind of a nice thing. Um, and, again, it has a USB uh, charge port, and it's the USB like B or C or something, the fast one, the one that charges a little bit faster. Um, and it's all aluminum. It's pretty strong. I don't think it's... I don't think it's waterproof, but it's a pretty neat little it's a pretty neat little thing. It comes from Limitless Innovations. It's called it's called um, Jump Smart, and it's uh, works pretty well. So we might we might give that away because how much stuff can one person have? People send me this stuff. I have a book about minis coming up that's going to be given away pretty soon too. Well, I'm in the middle of a remodel. I've yeah. only been in this house for three months. I mean three years, and it's amazing how much stuff one can accumulate in just three years because I just we just did a purge not too long ago when we moved well it's I went to I went to dinner last week with a uh, a guy I used to do radio with actually years ago with he was the director of public affairs for AAA up in New Hampshire and we went to uh, we went to um, 
restaurant right over I'll have to ask Dennis when he gets off the phone what the name of it was. Rosa, Rosa, Rosa something over in Quincy. And uh, he, is, he has been in his house for quite a while. He moved from uh, Merrimack, New Hampshire, up further north. And he has the same problem. He wants to get rid of his, some stuff and with the idea that at some point he's going to probably just rent an apartment. And when he retires, he's going to move to Arizona. So, um, yeah, going through all your stuff and thinning stuff out, not a bad idea. Only he has actual good stuff. I don't have anything. I have a bunch of junk. He was he was selling one of he was selling one of his well two of his guitars. One he wanted three hundred dollars for. One he wanted three thousand dollars for. And the three thousand dollar one is a is a natural finish. Villa Rosa. Nope. No, it's it's over here. Rosafa's. Uh, Rosafa. Yeah, little little small place. Yes, right across from the Woodward um, Girls School there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Rosafa. It was good. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, nice little friendly bar and nice little yeah. restaurant. And the owner came out and said hello. And it used to be Alba Deli, and before that it was something else. All I right. Can't remember what it was. Like I said, don't know. But so Dave from New Hampshire found a restaurant in Quincy. I had no idea, but he found it. So, But he's like that. He's one of those kind of guys. And he, want, he was going to come down and spend the day and go through historic stuff in Quincy, which he found out doesn't actually open till May. So May. Yeah. Yes. Yep. As a oh, related story, when I went to New York last week, um, we decided to take the Staten Island ferry, which is free. Really? Yes. Something free in New York. <laughs> Something free in New York. Um, you get a nice view of the of the Statue of Liberty as you go by. It's 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 great. And then you hit Staten Island, and my son is really into military history mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so he wanted to go to Fort Wads Wadsford, something like that. So we went there. It's not in season yet. Ah. But the park ranger was so apologetic. I'm sorry, I can't leave the post if we get a volunteer. They had cupcakes because there was a, some convention thing happening there. And they're like, you want a cupcake? They would try to force these cupcakes on us. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we just walked uh, around. It was yeah. pretty cool. Any day, with cup- any, any day with cupcakes is a good day. Yes. Let's talk to uh, Paul in Somerville. Paul? 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 Yes, sir. Yes, there you are. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm here. What can we do for you? Uh, I got a question. Um, I talked to you about 2010 Cadillac SRX in the past, which has had occasional problems. So it's got a, uh, a new issue, and um, thought maybe you might have an idea what it is. Uh, when you put the car in reverse, not all the time, but intermittently, you get a, an odor that comes in through the, the vents in the car. And my son, who usually drives the car more than I do, um, he said that uh, he also uh, intermittently has got white smoke that comes in actually through the vents and under the wheels. Oh. Um, I've, never, I've never seen that myself, but um, uh, I'm looking here, and, and it, it, uh, I'm, I, there was something apparently on, on the Internet that sounds like a similar problem, a person who was... Uh, and noticing uh, blowing white smoke from under the hood when uh, the person parallel parks or puts it in reverse. So I wonder if you have any idea what's going on with that. Does it smell? What does it smell like? Does it smell like old socks? Does it smell like oil? Does it smell like maple syrup? What does it smell like? And my, my guess, it smelled to me like either transmission fluid or 
um, uh, power steering fluid that might be on a hot pipe or something. Yeah, and that's that's what, and I don't know why it would be reverse, but I'm thinking somewhere along the line, there is a power steering pressure hose that's leaking, and you know maybe you know who know who knows why reverse causes it more than anything else. Um, it shouldn't putting it in reverse. I wouldn't assume it's a transmission problem. Um, it now certainly it could be when you put it into reverse. Uh, the the pump pressures are a little bit higher, and if there's a leak in a transmission line, but uh, I'm thinking more that you might have a little bit of a power steering leak, and if it is if it is a power steering pressure line. Yeah, that could be. So at this point, what I would want to do is get the car to a repair shop where they can put it up on a lift and just look for stuff that's leaking. So, you know, could it be, you know, could it be the power steering reservoir? Could it be a power steering hose? And it doesn't take much. It, you know, it takes a mist of power steering fluid hitting a hot manifold that will stink and, and, it, and, and it actually can make its way inside the car. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I, I would want to start first by just doing a, you know, just looking around a little bit and seeing what's going on. It, it, if anything that's going to leak, it's the, it's the uh, power steering pressure hose. Um, there was actually at one point a recall on some of these cars for a power steering leak. So that might've been what you saw on the internet. And that can, you know, I don't know if that, I don't know if you've checked to see whether, your car has been involved with this, but they did replace the power steering lines. Has this got the V6 engine in it? Yes, it does. Yeah, so it was in the V6 engines, um, and it was it was a leak. So it was uh, some, you know, 2010 models. So what you could do is either call a Cadillac dealer and ask them, or you could go uh, to um, safercar.gov, and you could put in your actual vehicle serial number into the website and it'll tell you whether your particular car has been recalled for this reason you know and what you say about the power steering for uh, pressure hose might make sense only because i backed up today and got the smell just straight in reverse but mm -hmm. my son said it comes usually when he's parallel parking yeah. squeezing squeeze into a parking yeah, spot. Yeah, and that would make sense. Would... That would make sense because the more you turn the steering wheel, the more the higher the pressure that builds up inside the power steering system. So when you you, know, you ever hear somebody turn a steering wheel all the way to one side and you hear it kind of going rrr, 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 making noise like that, what that is, it's actually a, it's actually a pressure relief inside the system because when the wheel is cranked that hard, it actually maximizes the pressure inside inside the uh, inside the system so um uh, yeah i would i would look and see and if you even if you go to you know al's repair shop and they look at it and tell you oh yeah it looks like the power steering pressure hose is leaking i would still check with the dealer uh to see whether this was this was a car that was a subject of a recall yeah i'll throw the vin uh yep. into the website yep. and see um if there's something up up with that yep. uh that that does make a tremendous amount of sense okay uh what about what about safety issues with driving it any is that is well, it drivable uh, until yeah it's it's drivable i would watch the power steering pressure and i guess in the worst case scenario and this would be absolutely worst case um 
is if it sprayed enough power steering fluid on top of a manifold, I guess it could catch on fire. But that yeah. would be a lot. But I that, mean, that would be a lot of power steering fluid. Yeah, yeah, I that that's what I'm thinking because when you drive it normally down the highway, I drove it back and forth to Maine last week and yeah. uh, didn't get a hint of a smell or yeah. anything, and yeah. it seemed fine. Yeah, and, and again, it could be brake, just had, it could be just a little bit of seepage that when things happen just right, it's just enough to get on the manifold, which is just enough to burn off, and you get that you get the smell. Sounds like it, that. That's what it is. All okay. right, John. Thank you. All right, take life. care. It's been very Bye-bye. helpful. I see you. Bye. 617-770-3030-617-770-3030. Do we need to take a break? Or take should we go to call Rick first? Oh, okay. Let's go to Rick. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Rick. Hey, John. Hey, John. Turn your hey, radio man, down. Um, turn your radio down. You know better. I got it turned off. All right, good. I, just because uh, I can't hear you on the, on the air until you turn the radio. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a question that uh, it's a repeat uh and that uh, about a year or so ago, you listed the um, gave a listing of the uh, different uh, gases that um, companies and that that AAA did a uh, test on, and they had the better quality gases. Yep. And I just thought that it might be a good time to repeat it. Really, you think so? Yeah. So who has? I'm so- sure that uh, some people had forgotten or missed the show. Well, it, it would. It, yeah. You think you think really people people miss my show? You think so? Uh, unfortunately, John, yes. Because yeah. uh, once in a while, I have to. So if I know I miss it, then I know other people do. Well, you you bring up a good point because one thing one thing about and, and again, I always thought that I always thought that gas was gas. I I made I made no qualms about saying that you know gasoline is gasoline. It's all the same. And then when we did a bunch of when we did a bunch of tests, we saw that in fact not all gasoline is the same. And, um, and we did, we did some testing and we found out that there is a difference in types of gasoline. And what we found out was that those types of gasoline, two things happen. It helps keep your engine cleaner, but it also, one of the, one of the real benefits of it is say you go to BJ's to get gas cause it's cheaper. And while BJ's gasoline isn't top-tier gasoline, probably, it is, um, and it could cause some carbon buildup in the combustion chamber of your engine, switching over to top-tier gasoline periodically has a, has a benefit, has a cleaning effect. So if you were looking for top-tier gasoline, you would, well, you could go to the Aloha stations in Hawaii. They're top-tier gasoline, but that's kind of a, it's kind of hard to get there. But, um... For instance, in this area, all Sitco gas is is top-tier gasoline. Um, Costco is actually top-tier gasoline. Exxon is. um, Irving Oil is. um, Mobil is. uh, Let's see. Shell is. Sinclair, should you find one. Sunoco is. Texaco is. Valero, if there's still a few Valero stations around. They are. So... They, and BP is so around this area. There's some there's some choices. You know, think major brand, but also think you know, uh, think BP and and um, Sinclair, I guess. Uh, but think major brands, I guess, is the best way to think about it. Speedway uh, on that list. 
Who? The speed is that what that calls? Speedway. Speedway is not on bought Hess. Not or either is Hess. Um, but Irving Oil is, strangely enough. So there are there are a few, and I I was surprised Costco was because I thought Costco bought from bought from the uh, Mercantile Exchange like everybody else did. So, but anyway, so there's there's the answer. And if you really want the if you really want the list, uh, go to toptiergas.com, which is what I just did because I don't have that kind of memory to know what those really were. So toptiergas.com is how you get through. And the gasoline does make a difference. It will make the car run better. So. Yeah, I'm very fussy about what I put in my motorcycle. Yeah, and as you should be. And what's nice about this is um, if your car or motorcycle only requires 87-octane gasoline, that's all you need to put in because top-tier gasoline has the additional cleaners in it, just like um, just like what we used to think premium gasoline did. So so there you go. Well, my motorcycle, my motorcycle has to take premium to start with. So There you go. Well, that's because you're that's because you're a premium guy, Rick. Uh, no, I'm a cheap guy like you. All right, okay, all right. Take care, Rick. Have a good Easter. Yeah, bye. Yep, bye bye. Why don't we take a quick break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We will be right back. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Well, last year when I was at the auto show, there was a big deal in this uh, promoting this Range Rover SV Coupe. So it was the big Range Rover with two doors and sort of this picnic area in the back. And, uh, well, good luck, it's gone. Uh, in an unusual move, according to an article here, Jaguar Land Rover has canceled a vehicle on the cusp of production. Now, of course, it was a, yeah, it was a three hundred thousand dollar vehicle, which maybe that was why. Uh, the powerful and opulent with limited production vehicle would have helped celebrate Range Rover's nearly fifty years as the world's top selling SUV. Really, top selling. Luxury SUV? Uh, okay. Well, what, maybe. the Range Rover? Yeah. Top selling? For luxury SUVs? I guess it, so, yeah. Give me another so. one. Maybe Lexus? Bentley, Benton Yaga. Uh, All right, a no Bentley? Much. Yeah. Sure. Rolls-Royce Cullinan and, and Cullinan. They're not out yet. Anyway. Uh, but I guess the idea behind that was Jaguar planned a short run of just uh, a few vehicles. They weren't going to build a ton of them anyway because mostly they were hand hand built. Uh, but they uh, but they were showing it last year at the auto show. They said, "Look at this! It's going to be great. This you know, this is going to be limited production. It's going to be only the most elite will have this. It's a two door. It's really cool." It was stupid, and it was three hundred thousand dollars. Just saying, I think. Like the Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon, the square military-looking Mercedes-Benz, I think that is probably, I guess if you looked at overall sales, the Range Rover certainly would be it. But as far as, I don't know, the, the Mercedes G-Wagon's pretty neat. I mean, just on the the 
trips that I've taken when I do go on the road, the I see Land Rovers everywhere. Yeah, they are, um, and, and, and they're followed they're, closely by Range Rovers, which yeah, are not the same. Well, they are, but yeah, they are. Yeah. But uh, if you uh, speaking of videos, I posted a video that was rather nicely done about the auto show where I was interviewed. Robert Sinclair from our New York office was interviewed, and Eddie Welch. We all did this video together. And it was a little bit of a walk around the auto show. So for uh, John in Boston, join Facebook. I think it's on LinkedIn, too. But you can find it. And uh, I reposted it. And I, I, I hope I didn't get in trouble because I reposted it before work, work posted it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I probably have to run it through some legal thing. I don't, I don't have legal things. Paul Sullivan is my legal advisor. <laughs> my spiritual and legal advisor you're in bad way <laughs> so it's hey wait uh, um the, the flashlight car jump starter thing yeah yeah 100 bucks yeah yeah so um you're gonna give that away next week then right i think so okay like between so. 8 30 and 9 15 <laughs> well actually i was gonna give, i was show? i was gonna give away the beacon for life which is not that but okay. it's still pretty good oh but, but i'm gonna i think i'm gonna give that away too it looks cool. On it the is cool. Yeah, it is cool. It and it looks like uh, looks like a weapon too. It, it's, it really <laughs> does. Yeah. It's a big chunk of you, aluminum. You might need a lawyer yeah. on that. Yeah. Me, yeah. But it, but it, it also has a really bright flashlight that blinks really fast. So if you like stuck it in someone's face and it, they couldn't see for a second. So and they'd be looking like they're moving in slow motion. <laughs> it would. It would. Yeah, <laughs> like a strobe light. Yeah. So um, what's up? So it's a holy weekend. It is. So what you got planned? Holy music. Really? Well, a holy a whole, show. A whole holy bunch music. of music? A oh. holy bunch, yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't mean to um, downplay the reverence of the weekend, the solemnity of such, but uh, we usually have a nice holy Saturday yeah. show, and um, it's thoughtful, and it's uh, representative of the the, uh, the message of Catholicism. You're going to go dye some eggs, too? Or? We already did that. We already did that? Yeah. yeah. I remember I was down in the district with, uh, yeah, you are. with Zachary yeah. Yeah, uh, that's this right. week. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It's a little warm down yeah. there, though. Hope my wife isn't listening right now, but I have to stop by at Easter card <laughs> <laughs> on the way home. Does and your wife it, listen to you? My yeah. wife kind of. Hi, hon. Yeah. Yeah. And wish me luck. I have to go see the geniuses at the Genius Bar at the Apple Store. Oh, boy. What happened? Well, you I had 10 seconds. I had, I had the Apple Store put a battery in my phone, uh-huh. and then the camera didn't work. Oh, and they're like, well, this phone's out of warranty. I said, it worked before you put a battery yeah, in it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had the battery put in a denim. But I'm going to go to the store in Braintree okay. because it's closer. All right. But um, what? which Apple phone, which iPhone is it? Six. Okay. That's yeah. what I have. Yeah, it's, it's, it should work. It worked It worked until they fixed it. Uh-huh. Now it doesn't work. So that, do they talk you into an upgrade? I can't. It's work's phone. So, oh, yeah, I see. So yeah. I'm sort of stuck. Anyway. Hey, we out, we out talked the piano guy. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, think, he's still, no, there no, he is. Still, okay. Good job, Dan. Yeah, the piano guy plays for about Night. a long time. <laughs> Gives you plenty of time. He's on a hey, loop. All right. So we got to go. Happy Easter to everyone. Uh, enjoy spending time with family and friends. And until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. There's a land